Welcome to another edition of ATLCars.com. I'm your host, Corey Lewis. How you doing? Do you want to beat the system and purchase your next vehicle at your own pace? The information that you need is available to you through my website, www.atlcars with a Z, C A R Z, www.atlcarz.com. You need to go there. Use the customized search bar to receive fast results. www.atlcars.com will put 10 years of selling experience at your fingertips immediately. Imagine accessing kbb.com, edmunds.com, cars.com, autotrader.com, consumer reports, motor trend, and more, all in one place. Get the information you need and join the winners. Risk nothing, just go there. www.atlcars.com, created by yours truly, Corey Lewis. Call me anytime at 4483 4486 4483 10 years of selling cars, I've noticed that a lot of people put themselves through unnecessary worry because they come to the dealership with false expectations. They come out there thinking they're going to pay $300 a month for a car. They come out there thinking that the average price of a car is about $15,000. And they come out there thinking they're going to get the same deal that their next door neighbor got. And then they get very frustrated because having proper expectations makes all the difference in the world. Having proper expectations makes all the difference in the world. And where do people's expectations come from? People's expectations comes from their experiences, advertising and word of mouth and in life we have three types of expectations we have uh, when our expectations are met or our expectations the situation is better than expected that's a positive surprise when we have certain expectations set and things go according to plan, that's confirmation of our expectations. And when the situation turns out to be worse than we expected, then that's a negative surprise. So what I wanna do is show you some advanced shopping tactics that may astonish you concerning your expectations. So in this podcast, I'm gonna cover Four false expectations that could work against you. Four false expectations that could work against you when shopping for your new car. The number one false expectation out there is car payment. I'm going to pay $300 for my car. 
per month? No, not hardly. You're not hardly going to get a $300 car payment unless you got perfect credit and you're buying a car for maybe like 10 to 12 grand. Second false expectation out there that frustrates shoppers. False expectation number two, trade value. Well, Kelly Blue Book said I... No, 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 Kelly Blue Book. No, no, no. You got. You have to have realistic expectations of what you're going to get on your trade-in. I'm going to go over that thoroughly. False expectation number three, the prices of cars today. People think cars cost the same thing they used to cost in 1980, even in 1990. Cars cost significantly more than 30000 I mean, significantly more than $15,000. And I was getting ahead of myself, but cars... Just this year, the average car price is $30,000. So marinate on that. $30,000 is how much the average car costs right now. And the fourth false expectation is the intentions of the salesman. Every salesman is not a sleazy loser Larry out to get you. So four false, false expectations that can make your day at the dealership a long day. False expectations of the car payment, false expectations of your trade value, false expectations of what cars cost today, and false expectations that the salesman wants to get you. He don't like me. All right. So I'm going to be giving you a detailed training today, a detailed comprehensive training that could save you thousands of dollars. So let's just jump into it with the the car, the average car payment. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm going to give you a simple formula to calculate car payments. Calculating your car payment is based on simple math. And all you have to do is take the total cost of the car and divide it by the months of your loan. Total cost of the car divided by months of the loan. That's third grade month, uh, third grade math. Simple, div simple uh, division, third grade math. Total cost of the car divided by months. So how do you come up with the months? Well, if you finance a car for four years, that's 48 months. If you finance a car for five years, that's 60 months. That's simply five times 12, four times 12, 48, five times 12, 60. So six years would be 72 months. And those are the average terms, 48 months, 60 months, 72 months. Now here's a small note. Now when I do these ma these this math equation, I'm just going to base it on the price of the car. But when you go out to the lot to get a more accurate uh, gauge of how much you may be paying per month for the car, make sure that you add in the dealer fees because everybody has to pay dealer fees. Make sure you add in the state taxes. You have to you have to pay taxes, and make sure you subtract your down payment if you're putting a down payment. Subtract your down payment from uh, the number that you will be dividing. So let's start it off. We're doing total cost of the car divided by the month of the loan to get a realistic expectation of how much our car payment is going to be. So say we go out to the lot and we're gonna buy a 211 Porsche Boxster. Um, 
say it has about 9,000 miles on it, right? And say it costs $41,000. 211 Porsche, Boxster, 9,000 miles, $41,000. We get financed. We get a, uh, a five-year term, which is 60 months. And let's divide it. Six goes into 41, 483. I mean, 683. Six, 60, 60 months divides into 41,000. That puts you at $683 a month. Now, there's one more part of this equation. We want to put, put our interest rate in there. So say this guy right here, he has a pretty good job. He gets a pretty good interest rate. Say his interest rate is 4%. So that 4% is going to equal $40. So you just multi multiply the percent times 10. So 683 plus 40 more dollars for your interest rate per month, that's going to put the guy at $723 a month. So a good payment on a 2011 Porsche Boxster, $41,000, 60 months, is going to be $683 a month. And then your interest rate, about 4%, that's $40 more, $723 a month. All right, let's try another one. Say you go out to the lot and you see a Jeep Wrangler. 2010 Jeep Wrangler, 49,000 miles on it. Say it costs about $26,000. Say you have pretty good credit because in order to get 72 months, you have to have pretty good credit. The bank's not going to give you 72 months if your credit stinks because they're going to give you lower terms because they want you to hurry up and pay the, mo the money back. They don't want to take high risk on you. So this guy has good credit. He gets 72 months. 72 goes into 26000 for the Jeep Wrangler. $361 a month. See, that's good. The longer terms give you gives you a more manageable payment. So 72 months, you divide 26,000 by 72 months, you get $361. And let's say he got a 2.5 interest rate. That's about 20 more dollars. Um, so let's just say it's 386, something like that a month. So 361 plus 2.5 interest rate, that's 20 more dollars. 386 for a $26,000 Jeep Wrangler. Are you following? Let's do a Nissan Maxima. Let's do a Nissan Maxima. And let's say this, people, this person right here has marginal credit. His credit is not as good, so they don't get the long term. They only get 48 months. So they, they're going to get a 2010 Nissan Maxima, 14,000 miles on it. Black on black leather, it costs $25,000. They get 48 months on it. 48 months divides into 25. That's going to put them at about uh, $520 a month. But let's just say that their credit isn't that good, so they don't get a real good interest rate. Let's say they get a 12% interest rate, 12%. So how much is that? That's an additional $120 on top of that 520 payment so let's add the 12 percent to the 520 because they didn't get a long term because their credit wasn't that good they only got 48 months they bought a $25,000 car right 48 goes into 25 so their payment is $520 right there then they got a marginal interest rate of 12 percent so that's another $120 on top of the 520 so that's putting them at 640 and let's throw in another uh, thing. Let's say they were $2,000 negative equity in their trade-in. 
So the trade-in, they owed 10000 on it. It was only worth eight. That's another $40. So now for them to drive this Nissan Maxima is $680. Do you see how the payment, that's why when the salesman goes downstairs and he comes back with this wild number, he he's not trying to throw you, you know, he, he wants to earn your business, but these are the factors that are going into it. So let's go over this because this, this is a realistic look at a car deal. All right, you come in, you pick the Nissan Maxima out, and you be like, I want to pay $400 a month. Okay, you want to pay $400 a month, but you want to have leather and all that. So you pick a $25,000 car. Your credit's not that great. It's just marginal. You do get finance, but you get a short-term 48 months. 48 goes in 25, $520 right there. That's just for the car. Now we got to pay interest rates. This is what you're paying just to, to borrow money, 12%, $120 a month you pay just to borrow $25,000 because you got a couple bumps in the road. So now that 520 goes to 640. 520 uh, plus 120 is the 12% interest rate, that's 640. And then you got a trade-in, you got a little negative equity on that, you got $2,000 negative equity. For every $1,000 of negative equity you have, that's 20 more dollars on your payment. So you got 2,000, that's 40 more dollars. So now the 640 goes to 680. So your Nissan Maxima 2010 cost you 680 a month. Follow me now. Let's do one more. Let's do uh, a Honda Accord, 2009 Honda Accord. Uh, let's say it costs like $19,000. The person gets a 60 month term. So how does that go? 60 goes into 1995, what? 333. So just for the car, it's $333. Let's say this person's credit is really bad. They get a 14% interest rate. Now you got to take the $333 and add another $140 on it for interest. That'll put them at $473. Then let's say that they have uh, $5,000 upside down in their trade. They're $5,000 upside down in their trade. So that's another, what, 20, another five times 20. For every $1,000 you're upside down, that's 20 more dollars on your payment. For every $1,000 you're upside down, 20 more dollars on your payment. So that's another $100. So for this 2009 Honda Accord, this person would be paying $573. 60 goes into 1995, 333. They got a terrible interest rate. That's another 100 or 14%. That's another $140 to put them at 473. Then they were upside down in their trade by five grand. That's another $100. That puts them at 573. Now, this is how you get turned down at a car lot. Let's say that this person buying this 1999 Honda Accord only makes $24,000 a month. I mean, $2,400 a month or $24,000 a year. Let's just say they don't make enough money to withstand a $500 payment, we'll have to turn them down. We'll have to tell them we couldn't get them financed because they don't make the debt to income is not going to work. I'll go more into that on another show, but just a, a $19,995 Honda Accord 60-month term will put them at $333 a month. 14% interest rate will be an additional $140 on there. Um, and 
that's going to put them at 473 and then if they have some negative equity for every uh, $1,000 they're upside down, that's another $20 on, on top of that payment. So that is how you kind of uh, target what your monthly payment will be. It's simple math. All you do is you take the amount of the car and you divide that by the terms of your loan. And then for every interest rate you get, you for every point on your interest rate, you add 10 more dollars. 0.4%, that's $40. 0.17%, that's $170. And the third part, you can throw in there for every uh, $1,000 you're upside down in your trade, that's another $20 on your car. So if you're $3,000 upside down on your trade, that's $60, uh, $60 payment you're coming to the lot with. If you're $5,000 upside down in your trade, you're coming to the lot with a $100 payment. So if you want a $300 down payment and you're $5,000, I mean, you want a $300 monthly payment, you're $5,000 upside down in your trade, you might as well want a $400 monthly payment. All right, that's car payment. That's car payment. That's the number one negative expectation. Quite astonishing. All right, so... Most wealthy people, they do 70, 72 months, know that. Most people driving Mercedes, Land Rovers, Porsches, and all this stuff, they're doing 72 months on a simple interest loan. If they want to, they'll pay it off. Everyone who comes to the lot are going to pay documentation fee. You're going to pay a doc fee. If you go in the finance office and tell them you're not going to pay a doc fee, I've seen people get ushered right on out the door. You don't want to pay our fees, bye-bye. All right, you're going to pay the fees. And if you're a smart consumer, you should at least pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Pay, don't, don't finance the taxes on your car. If you buy a $10,000 car, you got to do 7% tax. It's no need. At least bring $700 for your down payment and pay your taxes. All right, because if you don't pay your taxes, that's going to make your payment go up $40 right there, just in taxes. All right, so when you come to the car lot, have real expectations about your monthly payments, know what you want to pay, all right, have an idea of what you will pay, a little bit above what you want to pay, and also have a number in your head that you won't pay. Have a number that you will walk away from. All right, so that that's a uh, that's down payments, and the average down payment today, right? Just thought y'all looked this up. The average down payment is between three eighty and four sixty a month. It's not three hundred. It's between three eighty and four sixty a month, and that's the average monthly payment between three eighty and four sixty. That's what the average American pays for his car a month, 380 and 460 and they put down anywhere from 500 to $4,000 to get that payment. All right, so let's move on to the second false expectation that could ruin your day at the dealership. And that is trade-in value. Trade-in value. Consumers come out to the lot and think, they know how much they're going to get for trading on their car. All right. So I am going to fully explain 
never before heard fully explain what's going on with your trade-in value. All right? Two words you need to know on trade-in value. One word is wholesale. Wholesale is why dealers pay so much to have a dealer's license so that they can buy vehicles wholesale. You cannot buy vehicles wholesale. So you buy vehicles retail. We buy them wholesale, then we sell them back retail. Everybody knows that the difference between wholesale and retail until it comes time to trade in their car. Then they want to s they want to start retailing cars. They want to come trade their car into us, and they want us to give them retail for their car. It will never happen. Why would I give you retail for your Nissan Altima with 78,000 miles in it, french fries all in the seat, the tires are worn, uh, it's scratched up, it smells like Newport cigarettes. Well, I'm going to give you retail for that when I can go buy it wholesale because I'm a dealer. You're not going to get retail for your price, for your car. So when you come out to the dealership to trade your car in, make sure that you know the right numbers. Don't go to the dealership demanding retail for your car. Know the trade-in value. Well, know the wholesale value, all right? We, we, they will, they're going to give you wholesale for your trade, all right? Retail is what we buy the cars for. I mean, retail is what we sell the cars for. We don't buy cars for retail. Uh, second expectation when it comes to trade-in is KBB, Kelly Blue Book. Don't don't think just because it said in Kelly Blue Book you're supposed to get X amount of dollars for your car that that's what you're going to get. Kelly Blue Book is just a guide. It is not the law. Kelly Blue Book does not stand for uh, Kelly's Bible of buying cars. Everything that Kelly said in Kelly Blue Book is written in red. Like when you open the Kelly Blue Book, there's numbers written in red, and that's what Kelly said, like the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, no, KBB is just a guide. It's not the law. Just because it said it in Kelly Blue Book doesn't mean that you're going to get it. Know that, all right? It's just a guide. It's not the law. Uh, another part of the trade-in that gives people false expectation is they think that what they owe on their loan is what they're going to get for their car. Uh, no, no, no. Just because that's what you owe on your loan, that's not what you're going to get. That's not what your car is worth on the market value. I mean, you might be a person who got 14% interest rate, so your loan is substantially higher than your car is on the market value you're upside down so just because you're coming out here with this loan doesn't mean that we got to pay your loan off in order to get your car now in your mind you might be like i can't get a car unless i get this loan paid off because i don't want any negative equity but you have to understand that for yourself and it's not you know it's not the dealership's responsibility to pay your car off you know, we don't have to uh, go three or $4,000 upside down in your car. Then we can't sell it to anybody just to dig you out of this loan. You know, the market value of your car is the market value of your car. And the value of your car and how much you owe on your loan are two different things. 
the market value of your car and how much you owe on your loan are two different things all right because the car depreciates quicker uh than you know your loan uh a more a i think that's the word then your loan goes down so your car is depreciating every time you put a mile on it but that loan is uh gaining per diem daily all right so don't let the trade get you all mixed up don't let the trade get you all mixed up and give you false expectations all right know the difference between wholesale and retail know that kbb is just a guide it's not the law what you owe on your loan is different than the market value of the car your car depreciates and your loan gathers per diem so most people they come out there they usually want to get what they owe on their car they don't want to roll money over like i said if you're rolling money over if you have negative equity you're coming to the car lot with a monthly payment already you know you come into the if you're going to trade your car in you got negative equity you're, you're probably coming to the table with sixty dollars already all right and so people know what they owe they usually want to get what they owe for their trade in they do some research they might see something on kelly blue book on a website or whatever and they they want to at least get that that's cool make sure that you're looking at wholesale or trade-in value and not retail all right and the other thing is they usually come in and say well uh joe biscuit head down the street he said he was going to give me this much for the car i'm gonna tell you joe biscuit head is lying he's lying the trade-in value is one place where the dealer can hide money he can show you that he's giving you x amount of money for the car you know just to make you happy but it's the same money that he's taking off the price of the car there's usually a little bit of leeway in there and he can either say i'm giving it to you on the trade or he can say i'm taking it off the sticker it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if, you, if you're like oh, joe biscuit head say he's gonna give me this much for the car and then we'll just be like okay sure and we, we'll show you we, wherever you want to see it whatever make you happy the trade-in value is the trade-in value do your research go to www.atlcars.com k i think kelly blue book they do have a pretty good program there and it gives you a pretty good idea of what your car may be worth the second thing is um consider the condition of your car consider the miles on your car and don't always just pick the highest value because you're setting yourself up for failure by picking the highest value remember the dealer has a dealer's license he can buy cars wholesale all day long why does he want to put top dollar in your car except for he wants to earn your business right that's about the only reason he wants to put top dollar in your car and remember we have to sell this car back to someone who's going to want a good deal right so i'm giving you uh advanced comprehensive training on how to set proper expectations because proper expectations make all the difference in the world and feeling like or knowing that you got that you have a good car deal in front of you all right now this next one is car prices car prices so i did a little research and i find out that the price of cars has just gone up just this year 2012 by two thousand dollars so the price of cars last year the average car was twenty eight thousand dollars now the average car costs 
$30,000. The average consumer thinks that a car costs $15,000, but it don't. So I have a list here of prices on cars. Let's start with Hondas. These, this is how much Hondas cost, and this list right here is 06, 15, 2012. A 2008 Honda Pilot with 41,000 miles on it, how much you think that costs? Honda Pilot, that's the truck, with 41,000 miles on it, 2008, $24,000. Um, 2009 Honda Accord with 9,000 miles on it, $19,900. Uh, let's see. 2007 Honda Civic, 46,000 miles on it. How much would that be? $13,000. 2007 Honda Civic, 46,000 miles. A 2005 Honda Accord, 75,000 miles on it. How much would that be? Damn. $14,000. Uh, 2011 Honda Civic, 24,000 miles on it. How much would that cost? $20,200. Alright, so Hondas, Hondas hold their value. They are expensive. Let's go to BMWs. A 2012 BMW 7 Series, 9,000 miles on it. How much would that cost? $79,000. Let's see here. A 2011 BMW 3 Series, 29,000 miles on it. How much would that cost? $31,500. Um, a 2010 BMW X6. That's the new, the new uh, truck. I really like those. X6 with 28,000 miles on it. $68,000. Yes. Cars cost money. Let's keep it moving. Let's move to a more practical car. Let's go to the Nissans. 2011 Nissan Central with 32,000 miles on it, 16.4. 2011 Nissan Altima with 28,000 miles on it, 18.2. Um, 2010 Nissan Titan, 27,000 miles on it. $23,000. 2011 Nissan Pathfinder, 7,000 miles on it, 319. 2009 Nissan Versa, 26,000 miles on it, 14.5. So to get like a $300 payment or a $15,000 car, that's a Nissan Versa. That's a Nissan Versa. Uh, 2010 Nissan Murano, 62,000 miles on it. $21,000. That's kind of high miles. Cars cost money. Let's go to Jeeps. Jeep Wrangler. Uh, 2011 Jeep Wrangler. 28,000 miles on it. $23,000. Uh, Jeep Patriot. Right. 38,000 miles on it. sixteen seven. That's a $300 payment for somebody with good credit. Jeep Cherokee with 102,000 miles on it, $13,000. You know, that's what you're going to have to be buying, like a, a, a Dorn 
2005 Jeep Cherokee with 100,000 miles on it. That's that'll get you a $300 payment, but you got to have perfect credit even to finance that because like I said, you got to divide the cost of the car by the months and if you don't get a lot of months, you, you don't you don't get enough months, you're still going to have a high payment and be driving a whack truck. Let's go to Kia's. Kia's should not be that expensive. Let's see the, the, the famous bad credit card, the Kia Forte, 2010 Kia Forte, 53,000 miles on it, $14,000. 2011 Kia Sportage, 31,000 miles on it, $19,000. Kias are still, Kia want to be expensive. 2011 Kia Sorento, 25,000 miles on it, $22,000. Even Kia getting that money. Let's see here. Let's get to, to one of my favorite cars, Porsches. And these are old Porsches. A 2011 Boxster, uh, 3,000 miles on it, $45,000. 2009 Porsche Cayenne, 25,000 miles on it, $44,000. 2008 Porsche Cayenne, 14,000 miles on it, $34,600. You know what I'm saying? Well, cars cost money nowadays. So, $15,000 car is a Nissan Versa, not even a Kia. Not even, even Kias get nineteen grand for their car. $19,000. So when you go out there and you're looking at for your cars, you have to know what, what you want to pay, what you will pay, and what you will walk away from. When you're doing your trade on trade in, you gotta know what you owe. It's good to know what Kelly Blue Book said, but it's not the law. You have to know the difference between wholesale and retail. Don't go asking for retail for your trade in. All right, we're making it on through. We've done car, we've done car payments, we've done trade in values and car prices. Now let's get to the salesman wants to kill me. He don't like me. It says me. It's sleazy. Sleazy. Salesmen are not sleazy. We don't have time to be sleazy. Don't have time to be sleazy all the time. We just want to make a car deal and, and keep it moving, to be honest. So I read this article, and I'm, I'm going to show you how to have a hard day at the, at the car dealership. This particular fella, Adam Daches, this is what he says, how to screw the car salesman. It says, not every car salesman is out to get you, but they have the reputation for a reason. Many will try to sell you more expensive packages you don't want, trick you into paying more than $19,000 for your Kia, because you think you're supposed to get fifteen. dollars uh, No. All right, trick you into paying more than they advertise and lie to you to get what they want. That's a lie. So this is what he suggests you do when you go to the car pay sales to the car lot. He says, when you go to the car lot, do not tell the car salesman or anyone at the dealership any information you do not need to tell them. You're gonna get terrible customer service. Ain't nobody have time to come out there and try to pick your brain. Hey, welcome, to, welcome to uh, so and so Nissan. How can I help you today? Oh, I ain't saying nothing. Uh, okay, okay, well, all right, I, I, will, I just don't have time for that, all right, don't tell them if you're trading, don't let them know what your payoff is, they'll use it in their negotiation, in fact, 
you're best off getting a price without telling them you're trading in at all. And I w I'm telling you, if you do that, you're going to suffer the wrath. Don't let them know your credit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't let them know your credit. All right. And don't let them know how you're going to pay for anything. They don't need to know in order to give you a price. If you're going to buy, um, don't let them know if you're going to buy or lease. And try to negotiate the price as if you were paying in cash. Look. Don't listen to that dude. Do not listen to that dude. If you go out there and do all that, that stuff, you're not going to have a good experience at the car lot at all. You're going to have a terrible experience. All right. The salesmen need that information. We need to know your payoff. We need to know your payoff because you don't have the money. In let me tell you what happened. If you come out there and try to negotiate with me and you don't want you don't want me to know your payoff, I'm gonna be like, cool cool mr customer i don't need to know your payoff then later on in negotiations uh after we get i'm gonna give you the price and everything and then uh when and we'll we'll agree on the price oh yeah you can get that kia for fourteen thousand dollar so how much do you owe on your car and then guess what you're upside down in your car well guess what i'm only gonna give you because you didn't want to tell me how much you owed on the car I'm only going to give you what I'm going to give you for the car. And then when you say, well, I owe uh, $19,000, I'm going to say, well, okay, well, you can have this deal once you pay it off. Well, I can't pay it off. Why can't you pay your car off? Because I don't have that amount of money. Ah, that's a shame because the owner of this dealership has that money. But, you know, you didn't want to throw your trade in until the end. I'm just saying don't don't go out there doing crazy stuff. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. All right, tell the salesman if you have a trade, know how much you have to pay for it. Tell them your payoff. Don't tell them your credit. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Unless you got cash money, you need to let them know your credit straight up. You need to walk up in there. If you have good people with good credit, I always say I have good credit. You don't, you don't need to pull my credit. People with bad credit, just go in there and say, hey, I got some bumps in the road. Hey, I got terrible credit. I can't even borrow toilet paper. Okay, just tell them. All right. Don't tell them how you're going to finance. Get out of here. We already know how you're going to finance. You know how many multimillionaires I've sold a car to in 10 years? One. I already know how you're going to finance. You, you don't have cash in your pocket like that. If, you, if you're writing a check for a car, then the car probably only costs $12,000 at most. Five to $8,000. I'm not trying to make fun anyway. But be transparent with the sales, salesperson. The salesperson is there to provide you with satisfaction. All right? They're, they're there to help you out. Be transparent. The salesperson is a consultant. Remember, all right, you have a, you, there's three ways that a, a car sale, any sales can go. It can be better than expected, it can be a confirmation of your expectations, or it can go worse than expected. And if you go out there, if you're playing hide the weenie with the salesman, it's going to go worse than expected. All right, any self-respecting salesperson is trying to determine your expectations so that he can help you out. That's it. All right. If he needs to adjust them up or down, he's going to adjust them up or down. 
right? He's gonna he's gonna tell you the truth. Like right now, I probably adjusted a lot of your expectations up, but in the long run, you're gonna go to the dealership and you're gonna have a better experience because you have the facts and you know what time it is, right? You know what time it is. So you're not gonna go out there and try to get a $300 payment when you're $500, I mean $5,000 upside down in that Kia Forte. Not gonna happen, cause you're coming to the dealership with a $100 payment from the rip already. So you need to go out there expecting a $400 payment. All right, so go to www.atlcars.com. There's a search bar there. Type in whatever questions you have in the search bar. Like I said, I have uh, autotrader.com in that search bar, Edmunds.com, cars.com, consumer reports, motor trend, KBB. I got everything in one search bar. So you can just go to one place and, and do your searching. I'm Corey Lewis. You can reach me at 404-832-0446. Go to www.atlcars.com. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. And remember, remember this one thing. If you want to drive a 2011 Kia Sorento with 25,000 miles on it, it costs $22,000. Peace.